Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant. M. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here, and I'm all about the world of recruitment. You are all about the world of recruitment. And today on the show, we're talking about the advantages of using a recruiter. We are. So lucky you have me, right? I'm finally going to earn my key. I know. Basically, I'm just hitting you with 21 questions because you're going to unpack all the secrets and everything that's involved when it comes to how to engage a recruiter, how to find one and what that whole process looks like. I can't wait to unpack that. I know we have a number of listeners who also work in this industry, so it might also spark some conversation and extra tips in the Facebook group, but we'll see how we go. Before we get into the show, we couldn't do this without our show partner, Rarekind. Rarekind believe there is no limit to how good work can be. They create life-changing work experiences. They celebrate unique people and build up better culture for businesses. They want people to be their very best selves in the workplace and they work relentlessly to make that happen. If you're looking for an uncommonly good work experience, visit rarekind.com.au. Okay, Em, let's do it. What are... Here, I'm just going to hit you with the biggest question. I know, I'm sitting here going, oh my goodness, all of a sudden I feel like that that wave of being interviewed, like that nervousness that you have before you go into an interview has come over me. Like I've got something to live up to here. So everybody. The bar is set high. No, totally set high. But no, look, I'm really comfortable talking about this. So let's do it, Shell. So what are the advantages of using a recruiter? Oh, how long have you got? Um, There's heaps. I've got so about many. half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave some time at the back end to talk about uh, some of the other things like cost and, yeah, and cool. you know, whatnot like we spoke on. But the advantages, this is so important. If I can tell a little story, gather around the campfire. So I was finishing up uni when I, so I studied a HR degree and I would have been about 2021 and I started to interview for a bunch of roles and I don't think I was overly fussy other than looking for something in HR recruitment. And like 99.9% of the recruitment consultant population, I have my version of a story where I fell into recruitment. I guarantee if you ask people, how did you get into recruitment? That will be their answer time and time again. Now, when I actually applied for some of those jobs, some of them happened to be with recruitment agencies. And I've cast my mind back and I don't think I really knew what a recruitment agency did or that they even existed. I just happened to see that they were advertising a role in the discipline I was interested in to work with them. And so I I hit them up. I, w- I went along for an interview and I was really lucky to, not knowing it at the time, but I was really lucky it turns out to secure a role with a recruitment agency. And that has become my career path ever since. Now, 
If I had known about recruitment agencies, I probably not only would have at that time when I was 20 years old, not only been applying to jobs on Seek to try and get a job myself, but I also would have reached out to a few local recruitment agencies and had them help me get a job. So the reasons why I feel like they can benefit you and they can actually help you get a job, there are six that I'd love to go through if I can indulge. And the first one is that they have a bigger network. So here I am applying for jobs on Seek. I'm entering the workforce and so I don't really know anyone. I don't have a strong network. I can only apply for what is advertised. And we've spoken a lot on this show about the fact that about 80%, 70 to 80% of jobs are in the hidden job market and only about 20% are actually on those job boards like Seek. And yet when you work with a recruitment agency, they know many, many, many people, many, many, many organizations, and they can open up opportunities through those networks and connections that they have that never actually get advertised. Can we... and? Just go back for a second because there's something really the catalyst for you getting the job with Rare Kind was you wanted a job, right? So there's this thing of like, I've got, I need to, I need to get myself a job. Can you engage with a recruiter though if you're in a job and you're happy? Like, what, what happens if, say, we're not actively job hunting? Would people be engaging with a recruiter in that scenario? I would say yes for two reasons. One of those is that they've previously started a relationship with that recruiter and I do encourage that. So if I can add a, insert a little hot tip here, it would be to find, say, two or three. You don't want too many. It's a bit like boyfriends, probably don't want too many of them, but just find a few <laughs> and build a relationship with them throughout your career. And what that can mean is that they get to know you in quite a close way. They see you grow through your career. You also build trust and rapport. And so when you're happy in a role, you might still check in with them from time to time to find out what the market's doing. Or they might have something come up and they might call you and say, look, um, I know you're, you know, we haven't spoken in a few months. You're not looking for anything at the moment. You love the job you're in but I had to call you about this new opportunity that's just come onto my desk. So it's more, and that's such a good example because who doesn't want those things where they've got this kind of, I'm in my job, I'm happy. And I guess we would call it the like jargony way of talking about it would be the passive applicants who are happy where they are, but an opportunity just happens upon their desk. And if the carrot is, you know, attractive enough, it's like, actually, oh, I didn't think I was looking for a job, but now you're showing me this opportunity. It's sticking a few boxes for me. Maybe I should have a look at it. Yeah. And so I can just imagine, because I personally haven't used a recruiter before. Like I've worked with a recruiter as a HR person and, and them helping me find, like fill jobs internally, but haven't myself gone to a recruiter and said, can you help me, you know, find a job or whatever. I love that idea of if you've got this ongoing relationship with maybe two or maybe three recruiters and they know you and your background and skills well enough that when a job comes along, they're actually thinking of you even when you're not necessarily looking. Yeah, that's right. So the other reason why I think that you could be dealing with a recruiter when you're happy in your job is just to be more proactive. So similar idea, but more proactive in checking in on the market. So you might be thinking, look, And we did an episode recently, people are coming out of COVID. We were talking about the, or, you know, we're learning to live through COVID. People were talking about the great resignation and it is a time when everybody's reflecting. So that, this can be a really nice time to 
open up a conversation with a recruiter, whether you know them or you want to start a relationship and actually say, I'm pretty happy. However, my mind is starting to wander. Would you be available to meet, have a coffee, have a conversation? I'd love to understand what's happening in the market at the moment before you make any big decisions. Yeah, that's a really good way to kind of start to open up. Let's talk about that specific part of it. So, okay, here I am. I'm thinking, "Mm, could be looking at something new, have never engaged with a recruiter before. I don't have any kind of connections in that world. What do I do? So, I would recommend that you start with Google and LinkedIn. Like our two favourite places on the internet, right? <laughs> Are they your favourite places, Google and LinkedIn? They're our favourite places <laughs> where we have our My Millennial Career hat on. And the Go- I like Google and LinkedIn. Okay, yeah, good one. We are, they're our favourite places. <laughs> okay, keep going. In our careers. <laughs> In our careers. It's all context, Shell. <laughs> when you're looking for a recruiter or a few recruiters to suit you, I would recommend starting with Google and LinkedIn by searching who is local to you and who specializes in your profession. The recruitment industry is interesting in that we have some recruitment agencies that are called generalist recruiters. So if an opportunity comes across their desk, they will work on it. It doesn't matter where it is or what it is. And increasingly, I would suggest for most recruiters, it doesn't matter where it is with so many more work from home opportunities and the big bad bad internet. You also, though, find niche recruiters or specialist recruiters, and they are recruiters who only work on engineering roles, only work on finance roles, only work on administrative roles. And the business that I am in, I guess, is a hybrid of those in the sense that we're considered a generalist recruitment agency with specialist teams. So we're large enough, and there are others out there who are the same, to have specialist consultants. So our consultants will only work on one profession, one niche area of expertise. However, they will do that across, you know, well, our business rather will do that across a fuller, more generalist span. And geography is important. I do feel like if, yes, we've got the opportunity to meet with each other on Teams and Zoom and barriers are broken down in regards to geographies, there is still room in finding employment to, to look for somebody who knows the area, whether you're re- relocating or you already live there. <laughs> Humans, you know, they like bumping into each other at the coffee shop. You hear things around your town or your city. And so if you're finding a recruiter who actually knows Melbourne, knows Newcastle, knows Brisbane, where you're looking, it does make a difference. And so we've Googled them, we've searched on LinkedIn, we go, okay, there's a couple of good recruiters around here that I've seen. I've got some good Google reviews. What now? When you find them, actually, I should insert, how do you work out if they're any good? I would recommend looking for somebody, this is where LinkedIn can come in handy, that has been in their role for a while. So don't look for a career history where they've had some stability and that will give you an indication that they are good at what they, they do. Unfortunately, the recruitment industry can have high turnover and it can have a churn and burn reputation and you want to find those people who aren't just going to disappear in six months. Yeah, that's a really good point because you do see that movement. Yeah. And so we've looked, we've got we've got their kind of, you know, we can see that they're actually advertising good jobs because I think when you jump on LinkedIn and you see the recruiters got jobs that actually align with the industry that I'm working in or interested in. Or maybe they're posting content that right. is knowledgeable as well about that industry. That's a really good green flag. Okay, cool. And so then what do I do? Do I just message that recruiter on LinkedIn? Absolutely. So the you can... Approach them on LinkedIn. You can go to their website. So the company that they work for, 
it's highly likely that their website as a recruitment website will offer you the opportunity to submit interest. So submit your resume, for example, or alternatively, if they've got their phone number or email address, which many recruitment consultants will on their LinkedIn profile or on that website, you could reach out in that way. The trick, like any time you're starting a relationship, is to offer value. We've talked in the past about how to write a cover letter and this is very similar. We want to make it about that first approach. We want to make it about what we can do for the person we're approaching, what value is in it for them and keep the initial interaction, particularly if it's in writing, reasonably brief as well, brief and succinct. And is it normal, um, because I know when you're looking for certain roles and and maybe if it is in a niche area, there might not be lots of jobs coming all the time. Is it normal to kind of say, hey, can we catch up for a coffee or is it less kind of um, formal than that in the first instance? It depends. You will find that recruiters are pulling their hair out, running around like headless chooks most of the time. And their business is built on humans built on relationships with humans, built on their candidates having amazing skill sets. And as you approach them, that's what you become. You become a candidate that they have a relationship with and that hopefully they feel really comfortable and supportive of recommending to their client, their employer client, which you've been before, Shell, you mentioned. It's important to recognise that a recruiter will be most interested in people who can help them with the roles that they're working on at the moment or that they feel like will come up in the near future. I would therefore take their lead somewhat, offer that you'd be open to a coffee, a meeting, a phone call, but leave it with, you know, whatever feels appropriate to them at this time. Take their lead is my point. They may prefer to start with, can you send me your resume if you haven't already? Or let's do a phone call. Or they might identify that there's someone else in their team who's better off speaking to you first. So it's an element of uh, courtesy, I guess, to the fact that you've popped up out of nowhere and it could be a match right now or it might not or the strength of that match can vary depending on the timing. Great. And you said you have six things, six benefits. So I'll let you keep talking. I have such good questions. I've got so many questions. (laughs) Um, So talk me through what's next on your list of advantages of engaging a recruiter. All right. The next one I've got is that they save you time. This is because I've, I've always believed that looking for a job can be a full-time job. Often we're working at the same time as, as job hunting, but on average, I believe it was Seek actually uh, reported this recently, it takes on average six months for us to get a new job. Does it really? Mm. That is a really long time. It is. Now, that's an average. It's from a data set that I'm sure spends over a period of time. And the market right this minute is pumping. So it is cyclical and it depends on your profession and so on and so forth. Regardless though, that's a lot of hours. If you're spending several hours a week submitting applications, your resume may be up to date. I hope it is. But that cover letter needs to be tweaked every single time. If you're being overly, pro- like if you're being extra proactive, like we would encourage, you're all over LinkedIn. And for me, rec- having a recruitment agency also in your corner means that perhaps you can spend a couple of less hours doing all that manual handling yourself. And you know that even when you're not working on your job hunt, someone else is there doing something for you, keeping an eye out. It's so nice to even think that through of going, it saves me time, but they also will do a better job of matching me to an employer because they've got a more of a view of what's happening in that job market. What are the different opportunities that suit my particular skill set as opposed to me 
having to do a lot of that legwork. And you can be a really great fit for a job opportunity. You might see the information and think, I could nail that. The visibility that we don't have when we're searching is we don't know what our competition looks like. And there will be times when a a hiring manager or a recruiter will say to you, yeah, I can absolutely see your alignment to this role. However, there is a stronger contender or there are other candidates who met the criteria or met the expectation um, more than you were able to on this occasion at this time. Part of this relationship that we've talked about that you're building with a recruiter is about taking that advice on board, being open-minded to it and respecting that visibility that they do have because they, they do know their market. They live and breathe this 40 plus hours a week. Yeah, that's great. Um, what what else is on there? What are the other things that might help us to go, yeah, I should be using your recruiter instead of, you know, just job hunting myself? Once you're, particularly once you've built that rapport and you're underway with a relationship with a recruiter, you'll find that they're also giving you some advice. That might be on how to better represent yourself via your resume. Oh, this is so good. Yes. Who doesn't want this? I know. That's right. Because again, we don't live and breathe this. Most of us are not writing resumes for a living or even needing to do it very often. If we're in a job for three to five years, look, we should all be keeping our resume up to date all the time. But how many of us actually do that life admin, right? So, that's there, but also that the trends around resumes and cover letters change over time. If you have got that relationship with a recruiter, then they can actually give you some feedback. They can also provide you with interview tips and coaching, and particularly because they know the interview panel. So they'll be able to give you insider information before you head along to an interview that they've set up for you around what the interview panel might be really keen to know. Oh, this is so good. They're like kind of briefing you. Like, like how do you, because <laughs> you never get that info. So no. what they're saying to you, can I just dig into that a little totally. bit more? So what are they saying about the interview pl- panel? Like they're actually giving you insight into questions to ask. What does that look like? Yeah, they will tell you. So the interview panel has been, well, is that recruiter's client. They've been working with that interview panel with the hiring manager for weeks at this point. They've been getting to know them. They and may potentially have potentially years. Well, that's right. Well, yeah. They've done multiple recruitment. That's exactly right. And they have heard the no holds barred, like, you know, what do we want? The walls don't have ears so we can speak freely. What do we want? And when it comes time to t- send you along for an interview, the recruiter really wants you to get that job. There might be two other candidates that have also been shortlisted. And do you know what? The recruiter probably really wants them to get the job as well. What that means though, is that they are going to prep you with who are these people? Who's going to be in the room? What are they like? What to expect? I know that there have been times where you might have a panel member who is a bit standoffish and you're able to say, look, you'll find this person's a little bit harder to warm up, but once you crack them and here's how we recommend you do that, you'll be off and running. This is so good because it's almost like getting a cheat sheet totally before an interview. So they, the recruiters come to you going, here's what you need to know. And I love, I, what I love about that M is it actually helps us. It's always so nerve wracking to go into an interview. It's an unknown scenario, but to have a little bit of a guide of here's how to put your best foot forward. Here's how the things is potentially the landmines to avoid. I just think that's so helpful. And, and part of the reason why I think it's, it's not, Cheat sheet's probably the wrong word because it's not that you're being like devious about it. It's actually saying we know these situations are nerve wracking. We want to support you because ultimately we want the best candidate, the recruiter wants the best candidate to get the job. And if we can help each candidate 
show their best self and show who they really are at that interview and shine, that gives the employer the best chance to choose that the right person. That's right. And this is all information that you do not get from a job ad or from a recruitment process if you're going direct. The other thing I would add is that the recruiter by this point in the process has already interviewed you themselves. So we're also able to give you some feedback on how you interview. And we're able to say, when I met with you, I noticed that you turned up in a three-piece suit, dial it down. You know, you, you'd be comfortable to turn up in jeans and a nice shirt for this audience. They will feel, they will respond better to that. They'll feel better cultural alignment if you dial it down from the three-piece suit. Yeah, so it's really that insight that they have from that existing relationship and they're sharing that with you, giving you the heads up. That's exactly right. And you can ask all the questions you like as well. And if there's something that they can't disclose, they will let you know. But you're welcome to ask them as that person in your corner before you head along. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's next on your list? Where are we up to? Number four? We're up to number four. You're doing well. You can't, you're smashing these out. It's just so much. I could, <laughs> and it's funny as we speak, I'm like, oh, and this and this, but... Like we always say, maybe there'll be a part two or maybe there can be some questions and answers. I think we've got about 300 part twos that are like we've never got to. (laughs) That's all right. We're not going anywhere. So we've spoken about this idea of an expanded network and the fact that recruiters know a lot of people and you all of a sudden get access to that. What I'd love to add as our fourth is this idea of more job opportunities. Yeah, they come from the network But they also come from the fact that recruitment agencies will typically, not all, but they would typically have both temporary, permanent and permanent opportunities. Permanent opportunities are what you would perhaps be most familiar with. You'll see them advertised. It means that you're going into the role on a permanent basis. You're going to earn a salary and you're going to accrue entitlements and leave benefits. Temporary work, maybe some of us haven't heard of. These are more short-term casual positions where an organisation may be looking for somebody to support uh, a project or some leave, a period of leave of one of their employees, 
or perhaps they've just got a really busy period. And so they're looking for an extra pair of hands or an extra, you know, brain uh, to come on board and do that work for them for that set period of time, whether it be a week or more. And recruitment agencies sometimes will advertise those, but most of the time, 90% plus of the time, they will not. They will actually just go to their database and the relationships that they have with candidates pre-existing and they will talk to you about those temporary opportunities and then pop you forward if you're interested. What I love about that is it for the candidate, if you're taking on temporary opportunities, it expands your experience. It kind of, we t- we've talked about diversifying your portfolio, yes. your jobs portfolio. It gives you different exposure to different organisations, but it lowers the risk because, totally. you know, you might, you know, when you're applying for a permanent job, you're like, gee, I hope I like this and I hope, I hope they're good people. And it's so hard from, from the outside to determine that. The thing that's great about the temporary opportunities, if you jump in for two months, you might find, yeah, this is awesome. And they might find you a good fit and say to the recruiter, we want to keep them. How do we keep engaging them? Or you might get in there and go, cool, this is good money for a period of time, but I don't want to be here long term. That's right. It, It does often lead to that temporary to permanent transition. Okay. It also does give you that opportunity to suss out a few different businesses and start to get a better understanding of what's important to you and where you fit and where you may like to work. And on top of that, I believe that if you can get used to and practice turning up to a few temporary assignments and just like jumping in the deep end, hitting the ground running, then that in itself is a skill set. The ability that will, to be able to just turn up and get on with it, learn quickly. I'm seeing employers really ask for, I want people who are adaptable. I want people who are flexible, who can, um, and we've all had to learn to be adaptable in the last two years. It's been, well, I've found it really challenging (laughs) personally, but the thing, the beauty of temporary work and, and jumping in, yes, it must be so scary to kind of throw your hat in the ring every time. And, and you kind of don't necessarily know what you're showing up to, is that you're building that muscle of adaptability and flexibility. You're growing with different organisations. But then what your future employers get is they get this person who's had this depth of experience across so many different fields. And that is really sought after and valued. So I love this discussion around how do you find those temporary opportunities and and that relationship with a recruiter can really benefit your depth of experience. Absolutely. Number five for you, Shell, is about the database, which I just touched on. So once you have applied for your first job with a recruitment agency or you've submitted your resume just as a general interest, we talked earlier about making that initial introduction, you then remain on their database. And recruiters have awesome memories. So often we don't even need to search through the database <laughs> because we just know who our faves are. We know who that person is that could do that job when it comes up. We know who would be a really great fit for our clients. And so we just get on with it. However, the teams grow, people do come and go. And the database is a level of protection to make sure that once you are in that system, you won't be forgotten about as long as you continue to maintain your relationship with the recruitment agency. And I think we'll talk about that at some point in this episode. I want to get on that database. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I'm like, how do, I, how do you get on that database? That's such a great way of, it's, it, it's the start of a relationship. It's not the, um, 
It's not transactional. So let's dig into what does that relationship look like? How do you build that relationship so that it's not just this moment in time, but it's this ongoing um, value add for both parties? Yeah, such a good way to put it. We need to keep reminding ourselves of this value add piece because we were going to talk about this later, but spoiler alert, as a candidate looking for work, you do not pay a recruitment agency. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, The client, the employer pays them. So when an employer, an organisation has a job that they would like filled, they approach the recruitment agency and they send a quote and they map out what that process is and that partnership is going to look like and they're the one that pays the bill. It's kind of like um, a mortgage broker. Yeah. <laughs> where they're like, yeah. the banks pay them, they're just helping me. Totally. Me it's the like, best, what's the catch? <laughs> I know. That's, well, that's what I've always wanted about recruiters. You're like, oh, I don't pay them. They just kind of help me find my dream. We don't believe in dream jobs here, but dream career. They help me build my dream career. That's right. So to, maintain, so to add value in this relationship in a non-monetary way is really important and it does need to go two ways. I believe that you can use the, all of the same rapport building, I guess, mechanisms and, you know, your great personality like you already do in all of your relationships. What I would add on top of that, though, is the recruiter, the recruitment consultant is assessing you in every interaction that you have over the years with them as a candidate who they need to attach their name to and make a recommendation on to their client who is paying their bills. And therefore, what they're looking for is are you punctual? Do you say, are you reliable? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Do you proactively reach out to keep the recruitment consultant up to date on what's happening in your career? Perhaps you've just updated your resume, so you send them a copy. Do you, if particularly if they've placed you in a role, do you keep them posted on how you're going? Recruiters will often check in with you once, particularly once they've placed you in a role. And they'll want to understand how you're settling in. Are you enjoying it? Is there anything they can do to help or anything they need to know about any red flags? If you can actually come to the party and be proactive in, hey, um, I'm giving you a call. I just wanted to let you know how I'm settling in. All of a sudden, that's a huge tick, tick in that relationship box, just like it would be if it was your friend. Yeah, the key word is relationship, isn't it? And if you've got a great relationship with a recruiter, that can be used over a 10-year period. I know lots of people who have had ongoing relationships where they've been placed in multiple jobs and opportunities over the years. And I love seeing it in that way of going, if we can develop that really beautiful depth, it's very beneficial to the recruiter to have a great candidate that that they've worked with, they know, they trust. And more than that, for us as a candidate, having someone in our corner who's putting us forward for opportunities that we would never see on Seek because they're probably not advertised. I just think that's such a beautiful thing that we should be leveraging. Yeah. Look, like everything in life, some service offerings, some relationships will be faultless and high quality and others will sit at the other end of the spectrum. We're talking about the business of people and therefore the onus is on everyone that's in that relationship to make this the best thing it can be. So I think we're up to number six. Yeah, the final one. Hit us with it. Look, I've perhaps saved uh, the the best for last, the most useful for last, and that is that the recruitment consultant acts acts as the conduit. They are the middleman in negotiating your salary and benefits. Cool. So depending on how confident you are 
in having those salary-based conversations, the money talk, it could be really attractive to you to know that you've got somebody here who is going to bring both parties together and actually get the best outcome for everybody. Yes. And just I'm just envisioning this because one of the things that happens in recruitment, if it's just the employer and the candidate without the recruiter involved, the employer has a salary range in mind. So let's say it's, you know, 80 to 110 is the salary for this role. And the candidate may not know that range. So they might not know. So they come in and they're like, oh, I was on, you know, 90. I'd love to move to 100, but they don't know that full scope. And so they're like, I'm just going to go with 100 just to be safe. And then the employee comes back and they're like, you know, 95. Whereas you've got a recruiter who goes, I know the full scope. I also know that this candidate's got a couple of other opportunities. We don't want to lose them. So we're going to go to the, you know, upper end of that range. And it just, it just is so helpful to kind of remove some of the power dynamic from you as the candidate and let that recruiter negotiate on your behalf. Yeah. And you're able to have that strategy conversation with the recruiter. So you have built a relationship with them and at this pointy end of the process, you will have already spoken to them about what your salary expectations are. They will have already gained an understanding from the client, the employer, what their range is. And we're just bringing those two things together at this point. So when the recruitment consultant is speaking with you about an offer that's going to be put on the table, that it's coming, they'll start to talk to you in more detail about what do we want our strategy to be? And these days we all know that it's not all about money. And so not only will they talk to you about the salary, but they'll talk to you about some of the other levers. Often we might be negotiating on a car, bonuses, leave entitlements, or even days of work and location of work as well. And the recruitment consultant can be that person who is having those off the record chats with you before taking something to the table. There is so much to love about that. I know. <laughs> There's that, you, you really did save the best to last because who doesn't want someone else doing that for them? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I keep coming back to what you said before. What's the catch? I'm like, I want a recruiter right now. How do yeah, I get that? And like, what is the <laughs> harm, right? I just think that if you build any relationships through your career with good quality people, what's the harm? You may have this amazing relationship with a recruiter and they never actually place you into a position but at least you will have tried it. You'll have that tool in your toolkit working for you. And it's so helpful to kind of demystify what's involved with using a recruiter. Any final thoughts for us? Final thought I have, the word I haven't used this whole episode and I'm kicking myself, so let me insert it here is transparency. I would really encourage you when you're working with a recruitment consultant right from the beginning, the same thing we talk about anytime we're discussing building relationships and that is transparency. Just be open, be honest, be upfront, let them know where you're at. We all get a better outcome in life when we have that understanding of each other. Totally. All right. Well, that's it from us. And as always, love hanging out with you. It's been a pleasure. I hope I made it through that grilling. <laughs> you did. Uh, okay. You did. I feel pretty unscathed. You um, You do well in an interview process. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, We would love if you enjoy the show to subscribe, follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love your feedback. It helps us to push the podcast out there. So thank you so much for doing that. Appreciate you and we'll talk soon. See you later. We 
We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.